Welcome to episode 139 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Sean Uyosa. Sean is an Irish comedian working out of Dublin. He is a very funny man, and he is joining us today to talk about his comedy inspirations, his comedy career, and because this is one of the episodes I should have released during the Christmas period, we're going to be talking about Elf, and we're going to be talking about the Santa Claus. You can find Sean on Instagram, at SU Comedy, and you can find him streaming on Twitch. He is just Sean Oyosa. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to iTunes, heading over to Spotify, rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing, all of those good things really help us out. You can also go to Instagram, where we put up art to go with each episode, at The Endless Cast. It's a great place to reach out to us, send us a message, suggest something for us to watch, disagree with our opinions, agree with our opinions. You can do that there, our messages are open. Or you can send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. As I've said with all of the guests that I've had on uh, this month, and I really should stop doing this because I'm just adding 30 seconds to the opening of every podcast is um, I will record a proper intro for you and put it at the start ahead of this but now what happens is like there's a big intro and then I come in and go and of course welcome Sean Iosa and I will of course do a proper intro for you at the beginning of this and now that's in there twice but there's also an intro which just makes it in there three times Um, uh, so we're recording some additional episodes coming into Christmas and having some guests on ordinarily it's just myself and two friends uh, Kevin and Brian given you some context for what it is and generally what we do is we're we're just nerds we're just comic loving movie watching video game playing we went we all went to animation school in some sense kevin is a tattoo artist at dublin inc brian's like a a tech guy in cork at this point with like a lot of illustration background i'm an animation guy and though i've been working in like a software company for a chunk of time but we're just nerds we just love movies and shit and um especially with the comedy thing. I just want to have interesting people on and chat to them as well and, and open it up a bit. Um, for the listeners, Sean Oyosa is a comedian based in Dublin. And I think I met you about early 2022 at like a, a, a Stitches Gong show, whether or not you remember. Um, I definitely uh, met you yeah. around subsequently. Um, you, were, you, were, you were sitting down in front of audiences and just <laughs> oh, frustrating them. <laughs> oh wow, that's very that's a blast from the past I guess you're not doing that bit anymore <laughs> nah, I haven't done it in a while oh, wow um, that's crazy. it was fun when when did you start doing comedy when did you start doing stand up I started stand up in 2018 um, started back in 2018 um, Back, I was in secondary school at the time so I wasn't allowed to do the comedy clubs because I was underage so, um, would, would you know Ball of the Axe Comedy Club? Yes, yeah. I never yeah. did it, but I, I think I went to it once before yeah, the pandemic, he, you know. Yeah, he was doing a, a center. It was like an art center gig for Culture Day 2018. And he booked me for it because I wouldn't be allowed to do his club. And that was kind of my first gig. And I hated it. And I didn't do stand-up for like another nine months after that. And then ever since then. Yeah. Did, so you obviously loved comedy because you wanted to try it, right? No, to be honest, I didn't even want to perform stuff. I kind of just loved writing and I wanted to write comedy. But okay. I realized that nobody's just going to have some random kid write for them if they don't know if the jokes are funny. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to perform this to prove that I can write it. And that's kind of how I got into it. And I was like, oh, I just love performing as well. Cool, cool. 
Yeah. And so... How about was, you? How do you get into it? Uh, so I'm... Yeah, like, I've just been, like, an art guy fucking ever. And, like, my path in school was just, like, I can either go, like, these acting courses or these art courses. And I did the yeah. art stuff. And I did the art stuff for, like, 10, 12 years after college. And I just kind of hit a point where I'm just like, okay, I think I'm tired of the art bit because it's, like... Like, okay, it's my day job at this point and it's it's paying the bills just about. Um, but, like, let's do some of the, the acting stuff. And, like, I started trying to make shorts, like live action shorts with some friends. Ah. And they were always comedy veering. And then that turned into, like, oh, here's an improv class. Let's go do that. And then, like, improv was very much like, yeah, I'm trying to be funny with a group of people. And it slowly sort of turned into, like, yeah, but like I could do without all of these people, and I could stand on stage on my own with stuff that I've pre-written, yeah. and like I really love doing stand-up. Um, I like having like I guess I kind of said that like as much as I love doing improv, like walking onto a stage for forty minutes with nothing is scarier than going on with a script. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get um, you. It's, yeah. it's well, so like, what year did you start? It, it like improv and stuff was pre-pandemic. Um, I was sketch writing through the pandemic, but stand up was twenty two. Like it was just uh, early twenty two, and I started with a gong show as well because it was just wow. like my my mind was like, okay, if I'm shit at this, I get gonged off and I get to drink. You know, like <laughs> like like I'm either going to be up here for five minutes, and it's only fucking five minutes. I've done enough teaching and standing in front of people, and if I'm bad, I get to sit down early. Like so, yeah. that was my mindset on it. Like it was a there's there's nothing to lose from trying it and I just I love it and um yeah. like I've had a quiet couple of months since Edinburgh but um yeah I like it a lot you you went over to Edinburgh for a bit there this year as well right you were there for two yeah, weeks I was, there, I was there for a week, a week. Okay. um I'm not too sure if I'll go back next year again to be honest it's just very expensive mm. and if I go I think I'd like to bring a full show how about you are you going next week next um year? we're thinking about it um like it's on the table like maybe not the full thing like we did the full thing this year as the improv group because the thought process was like this is a this is you know like looking people reach a point in their life where they decide they have to run a marathon you know yeah and it was like i'm gonna get the merit badge i'm gonna get the like the boy scout thing i'm gonna do edinburgh i'm not gonna creep my way towards it and do three days and then a week and then two weeks i'm gonna do Mm. it in one year i'm gonna do the whole fucking thing I did the whole fucking thing, whether or not it was a success. Um, like it was fun. We got the merit badge. We did the thing. Uh, we're kind of talking about doing a smaller, like a two-week run, and like maybe a subset of the group. And you know, I want to lean more on the stand-up stuff as well as the improv. Like the improv became very much the focus while I was there. But I had a blast. Like I had a, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It is expensive. It is. Like, yeah. I slept on a couch for a month. Wow. Um, yeah. And. Um, I've, I've got quite used to sleeping on couches, which is good, right? Well, def- yeah, <laughs> but do you think you you definitely did come out of Edinburgh a better like perform improv? Do you think? I think so. I think there's like yeah. even the six of us. You know, the six of us from that group, like we are way less flustered. There's no way you don't like if we we thought about it in terms of like the Bag of Cats show that we run is a monthly show where we get to do an improv set at the end of it like it was we put it together so we get to do some improv and we do a 20 minute set so in 12 months we get to do yeah. I'm bad at maths 
four hours worth of improv in 12 shows is that right yeah three uh, so maybe we do four hours of improv in 12 months in front of an audience and in the month of august we did 25 hour-long shows yeah um so you know we are just and like some of them were amazing most of them were fine some of them were absolute disasters so i think it's like we're not phased anymore we're not if mm. something's going wrong we're not getting out of breath and going okay what do we do it's just like if something's going wrong we're just like fuck it let's keep going yeah. you know it's like it's 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 ironed out a lot of the like nervousness um, yeah so i gotcha yeah that's good yeah, that's why i'm still on the fence myself on if i'll go or not because i'm like i kind of i'm not like I did a show and it wasn't successful at all. Mm-hmm. Like we did six shows and we had to pull like five of them. So I don't know if I'd want to go again next year to do that again. Yeah. But I also know that I'll be able to get to do a lot of gigs and it would be good to just get better at stand up mm-hmm. while I'm there. So yeah. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, I mean putting on a show It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. The the flyering thing is Yeah is a pain um we did as well as we did as much as we would love to think that we are a great draw as an improv group reese kid was before us and after us and that man can flyer for like an olympic team that guy i would watch that guy his his show would be on you know and he'd have performers up and it would be 20 minutes into an hour and he would still be on the street pulling like he would meet five women and go come on come on and he would just drag them into a room and sit them down to a show that was ongoing like that guy yeah. was a an absolute flyering force he did an amazing yeah. job and um like we we were very grateful for his efforts <laughs> yeah because even i he got me to fly with him a couple times and I actually learned a lot about flyering just from flyering with him and he's yeah. like he's very very smart very good business wise yeah you know as a comedian like yeah. nice guy he's pushing it anyway um, do you um, so the writing thing is your like was your initial impetus it, like do you want to you want to write do you want to write like TV sitcoms stand ups like are you veering that way it's kind of a tough one when I started that's why I wanted I did want to be a writer I never really saw myself doing stand up like that yeah. um, but now that I'm so into stand up mm-hmm. everything else has just been pushed to the side like I okay. don't even really focus on but I always said I was saying it to a couple of comedians actually the last couple of days that I ever, if I ever did make it as a stand up and I was successful and I made money from it I think I would quit it and focus on like TV and writing behind the scenes more than because I think stand up is very very hard yeah like, no, it's a very it tough thing hard yeah and I feel like it's not um I feel like people don't also appreciate how hard it is to be a stand-up. Like, it's very overlooked, but that's why I always kind of respect anybody who even tries it, because it's a, it's a tough thing to do for years. Like, a lot yeah. of people stop doing it. You know, it's tough. So. 100%. Um, are, you, are you aware of Mob as a group? Mob as an improv yeah. group? As, you know they I don't do... know the members, okay. but I know the thing. It's Wigwam. It's Wigwam, yeah. I don't know if you've yeah. ever gone to their shows or, like, um, you should get in touch with um, Mate, which is a show run by Kate Moylan and, and Mikey Fleming, and they have yeah. a kind of variety thing on, so they'll have stand-ups in, um, uh, and that's a once-a-month thing. But I bring them up specifically because they run, um, uh, like, TV pilot and feature film uh, script writing workshops. 
So it's once a week they get together on Zoom or in person and they like, by the end of it, you've got a structure of a, a script writing thing out of it. And they've worked with a bunch of their like members and their sort of former students on like the BBC Writers Room pitches and stuff. So uh, they're building this little stepping stone thing towards like pitching towards uh, broadcasters and stuff. So if that's the kind of thing you're interested in, it would yeah, be thank really you very worth much. digging into yeah, thank that you very much. Yeah, I'll look into that. Thanks. Who who would you say are your like comedy inspirations or icons or like my big? I think my biggest one would have to be Dave Chappelle. Okay. He's like my biggest. He's the guy who really got me into because I lived in Nigeria for two years, and I was there when I got to Nigeria 2015. There was no Netflix, and then 2016 around it came in. Netflix came to Nigeria. But my father wouldn't let me have Netflix thought it was a distraction or whatever. So I had no Netflix for the two years. And then I came back to Ireland in 2017. And I would go on Netflix and I will just put stuff on my list because it changed so much in the like three years since I'd last used it. And then one day a trailer comes up. And you know when you go into Netflix, they have like those trailers for like shows. Yeah. Um, a trailer came up and it was like, oh, the greatest is back. The best to ever do it. Ten years out of the game. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And I, I and then it was like Dave Chappelle. And I, I'm like quite big into, I'm not as big a fan as I was then, but I'm still quite a big fan of pro wrestling. Right. And I think it was the like theatrics of this guy in the smoke and he had like a proper entrance he and the crowd was going crazy. The, yeah, he's branded exactly. and the cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all that. So I was just like, where is this guy? So I clicked it, and I was like, ah, I'll watch like 10 minutes of this, then turn off. I doubt it'll be funny. And it was the best thing I'd ever watched. Like, it was so creative and funny at the same time. And that was really what made me start. So I'll say he was like my biggest inspiration. Like, even um, you mentioned the sit-down joke I used to do. I um, like had a whole set, and I kind of threw it all away because I was like, oh, I want to do different stuff. But when I watch back some of my some of those sets of me doing my old material mm. it will be me literally doing the exact same mannerisms as Dave Chappelle like there's a little bit I'll do where I'll touch my chest and Dave Chappelle has a bit like that where he touches his chest the exact same way mm. so I'd say he's probably my biggest inspiration yeah that's yeah. that's amazing I'm, I'm just yeah. doing the maths on like okay so you started you were under age that was 2018 and then 2015 the Chappelle because like I was watching Dave Chappelle stand up when I was in college in like 2004 and I'm just like like I was waiting that 10 years for Dave to come back you know (laughs) like I'd watched the Chappelle show as it was uh, well like it wasn't airing but like because it wasn't airing anywhere here we were just like picking up like torrents and like YouTube clips of of the Chappelle show Um, and um I I can't even I can't even remember the name of his like earliest specials. Did you did you go back and listen to like the, yeah, the killing him softly, killing him softly? I had I had audio of that. Just had a, like the album, and I just listened to that while I was working in college the whole time. And I do remember like somebody I was in college with was like, "No, there's definitely video on that file." And I was like, "Huh?" And I realized if I put it into a different player, the whole fucking like the video was there. As well. <laughs> there's a whole separate That's layer so to this. That's you know. so funny. So it was your biggest inspiration then. Um, I mean, growing up, it was like growing up, Eddie Murphy Raw and Delirious and like yeah. Richard Pryor um, on the Sunset Strip were like huge for me. Billy Connolly. Um, and then it was just always like 
panel shows or like light entertainment that was on like it's cheesy as all hell now but i used to love like lenny henry had a, a show on a friday night in the uk and it was a very like sketch and variety show um and you know i just loved i just loved stand up and like connolly was amazing as well because his stories were just I don't know if you've ever watched much Billy Connolly, but like he would he would just talk for fifteen minutes and then he'd go, What was I telling you about? Oh yeah, the clarinet player. And the clarinet player happened fifteen minutes ago and you've just been on a wander and the whole audience goes, What the fuck? How did that happen? You know? Yeah. How did we get so lost on this? Uh, yeah, so wait, so but so those are people you watched like when you were young. Yeah. So then why but if so if, did, but you didn't go. want to do stand-up at the time. Yeah, yeah, So what made you eventually want to start when you started? So, like, I can... I Look, I'm 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 a late bloomer. I'm I'm a slow learner. Um, Like, I remember, like, getting at it. I didn't know what the fucking... I didn't know what was what. I didn't know how to even go about it. I didn't have yeah. the, like... Exp- I didn't know where there was a comedy club in Dublin. I didn't know, like, how would you even get onto it at that point. Like, I remember, like working in first year in college and going it would be cool to kind of do comedy and I would be like like in this warehouse I was working in like trying to write jokes in my head but then I just put it away and focused on college forever and it took you know a long time before I just worked up the balls to go why the fuck am I not doing this like why am I not like there's no stakes to this um yeah a lot of like doing the improv stuff this is like it's a shitty it took a lot of maturing and learning and getting um, like now this is you're interviewing me and I'm just giving you like my psychology <laughs> on shit but like wow, my friend was like oh yeah we're gonna go surfing this weekend and I was like surfing you're just gonna walk into the water with a boy do you need a license do you have to get lessons do you have to like <laughs> so fucking like like lawful uh, good I feel like I need permission mm, for all of these things and it took so long for go. me to go you know the only barrier to doing anything you want to do is just starting and if yeah. you go to comedy shows and you see where the level is, it's just like, there's nothing to stop me doing. Like, I'm at least as good as the worst person here. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I guess. And even, I, like, I went to Chicago in the end of March and I spent most of the summer over there. Um, what year is this? Just last, just this year. Um, oh, right. I, I've got a friend living over there now and I went over. Like, I just quit my job because I just was done with it. And I had some money saved post-pandemic, and I hadn't seen my friend in, like, five years. He bought a house. He had a basement I could live in that was basically an apartment. So it was, wow. like, sweet. Yeah. Um, so I just went over there for, like, three and a half months. Wow. And I was like, I'm just going to hang out with him, and we'll drive around Illinois, and I'll do stand-up. And it was an absolute blast. But the first thing I did was, like, okay, let's go see an open mic. And I just went and watched. And it was like, yeah, this is Dublin. This is, like, this is, this is bullshit. This is not to be reductive, but, like... I'm, I'll, I'll happily get up in here in this room and do my bollocks as well and like yeah. you know it's just people trying jokes it's grand but did you have, were there a lot more gigs available there 100% to... oh, it was 100%. like they. I would talk to people over there and it's like look whatever about the book shows and whatever about the rate of shows that you're doing now because you're, you're getting good traction for Dublin because you're a very funny man um, thank you very much uh, but like before I went away the only regular open mic that was an open mic where you could just show up and sign up was Giggles. You know, everything that calls itself an open mic, you put your name on a list and they come back to you within a month or a couple of months, right? Yeah. Giggles is the only one where you turn up on the day, sign up on the sheet, do your five minutes, head off to your next gig or whatever there might be. Um, so that was every week when I was starting and then they moved to a bi-weekly thing. So it turned into a situation where there was one open mic every two weeks. 
Yeah. Now you have the spot at the international as well, and maybe the circle sessions if you can. I don't know that you can do both there at the same. So maybe you've got you know one every two weeks, one every like. So do you know what I'm saying? Like you got maximum yeah. two a week. I got to Chicago. I opened a Google spreadsheet that was publicly shared. It was a list of a half dozen open mics on Monday, a half dozen open mics on Tuesday, a half dozen open mics on Friday. So like the Saturday and Sunday, Friday and Saturday, I think, because they're like paid gigs, um, you'd get maybe two open mics in the city that you could just rock up to. But I just had a bike and I would just cycle. I would do three open mics a night for 12 weeks. Now, whether or not I got any better, who fucking knows, but I'm more comfortable standing on stage being shit now. Um, But it was just an absolute blast. And you just, yeah, you just like do your set, rock onto the next bar, see the same people you saw at the last bar, head to the third spot, close out the place until like, like people get exhausted. I know that the comedy community has existed for a long fucking time and everybody knows this and it's just news to me learning it. But like people get exhausted in giggles when there's 20 names on the list and everybody's working through their five minutes. The, one of the best open mics I went to, and best because it was, it was a cool bar and it was a good vibe, but there's regularly 40 or 50 names on the list. Everybody got four minutes. There was no host bullshitting between it. They just went, hey, keep going. Our next act is bang. And they would just, yeah. halfway through it, they'd switch to a new host and it would just go until two in the morning. And wow. it's not about, it, it's like, it's great if there's an audience there, but it really is people just trying to say the words out loud for the first time and see if it gets any traction or if they're tripping up over a sentence or if they're whatever. And it was really just, everybody's just getting in as many reps as they can and tightening up line after line by saying it a few times a night. And if oh, that's not... Sorry. Mm, hmm? And, uh, and if there's an audience there, that's that's plus. It's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, see that? But that's... Um, I almost feel like that's how it should be because, like, a problem that I've actually been struggling with is just saying the lines like I've been trying to work on last week because I do have a thing of if I'll have a new bit and I'll say the fr- say it's a three minute bit has eight jokes in it mm-hmm. if the first joke doesn't get a laugh I'll just abandon the whole bit mm. so I've been trying to train myself even last night in the dock just being like I don't care if the crowd's laughing or not mm. just saying what I have so I feel like even that way in Chicago that is gonna prepare all those comics a lot more for the future mm. And have them just being like, okay, I'm just going to say my lines. I don't care if I'm getting laughs or not. Just going to go for it. So, And also, another thing I was going to ask you was, you remember you were saying um, about the lawful good and the how before you had to like make sure you got permission and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So do you think it was it like a big change for you then to go straight to Chicago just like that? Or was that something you had planned already? Or um, I, I had planned that a little bit. Like, I, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of my life that led to me going like, like, huh, um, there's a lot of my life that led to me sort of like breaking away and saying, okay, I need to change fucking shit. Like, and what's mm. really frustrating is that at my age, this is officially classed as a midlife crisis, which is really fucking, <laughs> fucking oh, galling. But, um, like, like during the pandemic, my father got sick. So, you oh, know, sorry, I, yeah. I looked after him for a year and I would wake up at eight in the morning and look after him till 11 o'clock at night. And my brother would take over through the night shift. And it was just a solid year of that until he passed away. And uh, look, he was 90 years old at that point. And it was, you know, he had a long life and he died at home, well cared for and loved in no pain. Like it's uh, the best case scenario, I guess. But then there was another like 
X amount of months of pandemic and then coming out of it and then going, fuck it, I'm starting stand up and doing this and the other and had savings. And it was just like, mm. like when I was, there was a couple of times during it where I'm like driving in behind an ambulance, trying to tell mm. the people I'm working for while doing my full time job working from home that I need to go and do this. And they're asking me for an email. And I'm like, I'm fucking quitting this job. I hate this fucking job. I'm doing this at the same time. I have to get the fuck out of this fucking job because it's the least important thing I'm doing. Um, mm. So, look, it was a big it was a big change and a shift in mindset to be a little more selfish and try and make choices for myself rather than for what I think people want. Um, but that's my own subconscious. Like you, you. I need to bring it back to you though, because like <laughs> you're the guest. And um, but like you, obviously, you know that wasn't a concern i mean you decided you wanted to perform and just went and did it yeah i'm kind of like in a weird space as well because i i am doing it but i also have just graduated college i did long criminology and it's one of them ones where i probably should be trying to get a proper job Mm. with proper money but i also know that with stand-up that's still kind of my priority Mm. so i think if i got a proper job I wouldn't even, I don't think I'd even last there very long. Like, I, I work at a Super Value in um, where I live in the Chocolate now. Mm-hmm. And the la- I told her before when I got the interview, I was like, oh, yeah, I can work every day of the week at all times. And then I figured out it was too exhausting to do stand-up. And the job, so I was like, hey, I can only work Mondays, Wednesdays, Sundays. Those are, like, the days with the least amount of gigs mm-hmm. that, no, you know, I'd rarely gig on those days. Yeah. And then um, something's been coming up on Wednesdays. So last Wednesday, I had to tell her, I can't do Wednesday. Mm. And then I just texted her an hour ago saying, hey, I can't do next Wednesday mm. again. So, But it's also, since it's super value, I don't mind. Like, if it, yeah. if it goes away, it's just super value. Yeah. I'm not going to be. So that's, I'm kind of like a, in a weird spot where I kind of want money. But I also want to <laughs> do stand-up. 100%. You know? I mean, like, speaking as an old bastard who's, like, miserable and cantankerous like I've got, I've got the worst of both worlds where I've like I kept my head down I worked really hard it's in an industry that has short term contracts only and makes no fucking money animation you're on for a project and you you get like a pittance so I'm like at the other side of it going right I've worked really hard and I've made no money um like you're you're a funny motherfucker you're doing well you've got good traction um you've got the degree I'm the worst influence in the world where I would say just fucking double down on this for X amount of years like give it five years fucking hammer it and yeah. see what the fuck happens like like that's the Jimmy Carr thing as well isn't it like he was marketing for an oil company and he said mm. I think he got made redundant and he used that redundancy money to cover just doing stand up aggressively for a year or two years um, yeah and he started very late I think he started when he was like 26 yeah it's not the latest not but... the latest yeah, but for a success, I think he got successful very quick. Yeah. So and he yeah. he puts that like I I like him as well as a like, um, I don't know. I've been watching him for years as well. So like I like him as a comic, but I also like him now as kind of a quasi motivational speaker because he just says mm. like, look, I had the little buffer of that money, but I went out and I I didn't do a gig a week. I did a gig every night I possibly could. I got. You know, I got three years worth of gigs in in a year because I was working harder than people who were doing it kind of like as a hobby. Yeah. Um, and isn't there like a, I swear there's like something he said, there's like the statistic that over 365 days, there might be like 30 days where he's not gigging or yeah, on tour or something, something like that. 
Like he's a work yeah. animal. Yeah. You know? So like if you're in a position to if you're in a position to just hammer it crazy hard now mm. do because <laughs> like you're you're pursuing something that's magic if it works you know and yeah like I don't know you can always be miserable in a job when you're older um, uh, okay well like this is a like movie and media based kind of mm. podcast oh. do you um, like my last guest that I was talking to is like a big D and D head, but he's like, I don't really watch movies or TV, and I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but are you a, like a movie TV person? Or are you music? Where do you find your? Where do you take your entertainment from? I guess. I'll say I've always been movie TV, except for the last couple, maybe one or two years. I don't know. Is it just me, or has the movie TV industry been a bit more dead? Like I was just a big Marvel fan. Marvel hasn't been doing well the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Um, I feel like there hasn't been a massive hit TV show. Like, like currently, I'm rewatching Breaking Bad. Like, and I, I love that show. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any. Like, I love. Do you watch Marvel? I do. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I loved One Division, and yeah. that was one of my favorites. But um, since then, there's not too much that's really been getting me too interested. Yeah, the the Marvel thing. Like, we 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 definitely talk about the Marvel thing where like when you think about when that started in like 2008 2009 like mm. there'd be a movie every year mm. maybe and then they reached a point where it was like two movies a year and mm. it's like cool okay but in the last year last two years with these TV shows Disney owning it especially with Star Wars as well they've gotten to a system where it's like you watch six weeks of a show and then a movie comes out and then there's six weeks of a Star Wars show, and then like a movie comes out, and then mm. there's six weeks of the next Marvel show, and like they've got this fucking cycle where there's just there's actually no break, there's no yeah. anticipation, there's no like oh the next Marvel thing is coming. It's like mm. so I'm hoping this writer strike and this actor strike and actually just a bit of fucking cop on at this point is going to make them think let's slow this down and mm. make these better because yeah. Um, it's been ropey. Had you a favorite Marvel property? Pardon? Is there a have you a favorite like Marvel thing? I guess. Mm, like franchise. Uh, I guess I wasn't the biggest fan of the character at the beginning, but the Captain America series really like. I loved Winter Soldier. Um, Civil War was really what got me into wanting to do screenwriting and all that. Cool. I loved that one as well. Um, the Mar- even though Marvel has been going down since you mentioned that, I've actually been. I never watched Star Wars before. Never watched it before the pandemic. Was okay. never really. I think just because it, it all started before my time. Sure. Like they do the. What age are you? I'm proud of my. I'm. Yeah, I'm just 23. Okay. Just turned 23. Yeah. Okay. So like all the like, what's it called? Like they do. Don't they do them as a series like Star Wars one? Then there's a sequel. There's a sequel. Yeah. And I just couldn't be bothered going back to the beginning. So I started watching the Mandalorian. Mm. And I love that show. Yeah. And I've watched a couple more of the Star Wars TV. I kind of, I, I just love them because they're separated from the actual show. I don't actually need to know what's going on. Yeah. So I do just watch them, and then I'll go online and I'll watch the Easter eggs, which would explain all the background stuff of oh, this is what happened in 1997. Yeah. Which is why they referenced it here, and I'll be like, oh, that's kind of sick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, how about you? Do you have a favorite Marvel? Um. Like I got a stack of comics in my house, and do you like, still collect all of comics? I've I've tapered off in the last few years just because like mm. it's um 
you just end up building mountains of stuff you know yeah. when you're a kid and you're just buying and buying and buying and then it's just like like I could turn this camera around and show you like shelves of toys and stuff so it's like it's not really an argument that like like I don't know if you can see down like there there's like video game cartridges on that shelf uh-huh. like N64 and stuff and like comics mm. there's just silly shit all over this room um, but like I need no more silly shit I can buy digital <laughs> versions. I can download and fill hard drives with the movie. I need no more physical things. I am, mm. I am overstocked with. Ed. What was your favorite mar- um, comic book series? Uh, so growing up, like I, I, I'm a huge Batman fan. I love Batman. Um, I loved it. But one day I was like moving the comic books around. I was like, I own five times as many Spider-Man comics as I do uh, Batman comics. And I was like, uh, I guess I like Spider-Man more. Um, <laughs> and it's been. It's been good Spider-Man era between the like the Tom Holland movies are cool and the mm. like video game stuff has really stepped up in the last few years as well. Um, did you see the Blade game announcement actually? I saw the trailer. It looks cool. Yeah, well, like it's a cool looking say. trailer. They did something similar. I don't know if it's the same company with Wolverine as well. Yeah, um, I think that's Insomniac. Yeah, that's doing I think so. I'm not too sure. Um, mm. But like that'd be class that would be yeah. amazing and it looks like like the little setup of the world is like there's a gl- there's a curfew people <laughs> have to stay inside so obviously there's a vampire vampires I don't know they take over the city or something and people know to be in and out and mm. like that's cool that's a cool mechanic um, did you watch the Blade movies? no didn't watch the Blade movies no. either I'm not really looking forward to the new one that's meant to be coming out yeah um, well Mahershala is great like yeah, yeah, but I, I think I've seen some of those like rumors that they're having production issues or something, so they're not sure if he'll stick around. But I hope it comes out. It yeah. looks exciting. They've 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 ditched they've ditched the entire script and the director went. Oh wow! Um, apparently, like I don't know. Like I hate also like perpetuating bullshit that you read on the internet. But mm. the um the suggestion is that when they looked at the script, it was a it, they had a female lead who was our, I guess, our protagonist and our hero who runs into Blade and uh. is observing the story, but they're the, like, lead. And it's kind of like, this is a Blade movie. Can we just have yeah. Blade be the lead, please? And you've cast fucking kick-ass actor and you've got a good director. Can you just write a movie where Blade is the lead and he's just awesome? Yeah. It's, it's the Blade movie. Just make the yeah. Blade movie. I'm perfectly happy to watch... Fury Road and have Furiosa be amazing like write amazing female characters I'll watch the movies I watch fucking everything but it's a Blade movie yeah. Yeah. let it be Blade Cause I think, yeah because I think that's the big problem that really affects Marvel I think Marvel started to move towards like having a Marvel feel for movies it's because I, I was watching some of the older movies hmm. and they all feel very individual like even like one of my favourite ones was Ant-Man because it just was a heist movie yeah. in a way so I kind of love that but now when I watch them it just seems like it's just the same thing recycled with the same jokes. Not every one of them has to be funny and have yep. humor. Just let them be serious. So I kind of would like if the Blade one... Is it PG or is it... Um... I mean, I think they have to do something, right? Like, they, they've, yeah. like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the first one to say fuck in it. Oh, so they, yeah. they let Sean Gunn do something. James Gunn mm. do something. Um I guess it's tiptoeing a little bit towards it. They've they've apparently said that like the new Daredevil show is going to be a little more um, adult oriented. Yeah. So they're trying to like I guess maybe somebody's realizing that you need to do something a little different. Mm. Um, did you see Werewolf by Night? 
Oh, I heard about that, but never actually. I've been meaning to check out. It's on Disney Plus, right? It's on Disney Plus, yeah. That's a fun one because it's just like a 50-minute thing. It's It's a werewolf character from the 70s. Like, Marvel just used to own loads of properties of comic books. And they just, like, Marvel just printed comic books. And they would print horror comics, and they would print romance comics, and they would print sci-fi comics, and they would print Conan the Barbarian. And by the time the movies come along, they're like, Marvel makes superhero movies. And it's like, Marvel should be a studio that can make, like, a sword and sandal epic. And a a sci-fi movie, and a a western. Like, they've got, you know, they've got western characters. Go make a western, but make it a straight western. It doesn't have to be a superhero. Like, Mm. make a good western movie. Um, Be a studio. You're a studio. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. like they just did this standalone thing with um, I think it was Gal Garcia Bernal as the lead, unless I'm mixing up my South American actors or Spanish actors. Um, but it was cool and it was shot in black and white and it's got a weird Halloween vibe and everybody's this monsters and stuff and it was kind of it just felt different and it was nice yeah. to see something feeling a little different. Yeah, I'm gonna check out this weekend actually. Yeah, that's that sounds, cool. sounds sick. Yeah, I heard it's good. Um, do you play much video games? Once again, it's kind of the same. Not as big into as I was, mm. mainly because I feel like the get like last big game I would have played was Fortnite. Mm. Um, I played a bit of the new Spider Man. My brother just got a PS Five, right. um, so I played that. I watched the GTA Six trailer yeah. yesterday, and I thought that I thought it looked good because I'm also not the biggest GTA fan. Mm. Um, for GTA Five, just because I think when I got it, it was a couple years after it released mm-hmm. and when I got it I was just like oh I feel like there are games with better gameplay mechanics right. than this it kind of seems like the animations are dated but um, I don't know they're big for their online stuff and all that Yeah, but I do one of my favourite games actually is um, Red Dead Redemption so okay. if GTA 6 is anything like that yeah. I love yeah. it like, that's, that's great how about you do you play um, I mean I was a through the whole pandemic, I was playing Call of Duty with mates. That was like a, mm. like a, almost like a support group for fucking isolation. You know, you just yeah. get on and just shoot the shit in the evening. Um, but I played, you know, a lot of Nintendo stuff growing up. Um, oh, do you play Pokemon? I played Pokemon back in the day. I had a, I got a red Game Boy Color, and I played Pokemon Red. Like, mm. I'm that, I'm, I'm that OG on the Pokemon's. Um, but I think there definitely is a thing as well where it's like once you start doing shit, like once you like going and doing stand up comedy, and like trying to write that and trying to do your job and trying to like have friends and relationships and everything else, you'll still mm. love movies and you'll still love games and you'll still whatever. But it's like they start to be like. I'm aware of it. I just haven't spent 140 hours playing it. Yeah, you know? it's quite annoying. Yeah. It is quite annoying. Yeah. But what, wait, what games would you recommend then for right now that have come out recently? Oh man, I'm not the I'm not the guy. Like Brian's the game guy who could tell you because he's playing stuff live. The new Spider-Man game came out, and that's like it's class. I've just watched a lot of videos of it, um, but like I couldn't tell you what to play. Like that's the thing. It's like I'm. I mean. I'm just sort of a superficial level at this point, you know. I I, I play Call of Duty, and Baldur's Gate is like watching videos of it and like knowing my D and D friends that are playing that. Like, it's uh, fun role playing stuff. Like, if you've ever played, have you ever played D and D? No. No. Um, let's see what came out in 2023. Have you and, played um, God of War? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, class, absolutely fun. amazing. Um, and I played like the PS2. Like the only reason I. I bought a PS3 because it had a Blu-ray player in it and God of War 3 was on it. And I was like, yeah, I gotta go fucking get that. Um, yeah. 
uh, you, are you playing, I mean, I guess 4 and uh, Ragnarok? Like, are the, the ones on PlayStation 5? Yeah, but I'm also, I think I'm a bit of a, actually got a, I'm a bit of a rager, I'll say, when it comes to video games. Like, I didn't think I was, but it's something that's been happening a lot more recently. I think it's because when I was, like, younger, and had a lot more time on my hands, I'd always play the games on the hardest difficulty. Right. Because I have the time to die a thousand times, and I'll just play every day for hours. Yeah. I remember I used to get headaches from losing so much, and I'd have to put it down and go outside. Hmm. But now, if I play, I'll, it'll usually just be before a gig, or be my one day off, and I'm like, oh, let me play. And I'll still put it on the hardest difficulty. Yeah. And if I die four times in a row, I'll be like, fuck this shit. I'm turning yeah. this shit yeah. off. What am I doing? I'm, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to watch TV. I'm not going to spend my time losing a video game. So I think that's kind of what happened with um, Ghost of Tsushima was another one that I was playing. Gorgeous game. Gorgeous yeah, game. Yeah, that I loved. But both of them, I don't even think I completed either of them. I spent hours on them, but just kept on dying. Just put it on the hardest. Put yeah, that's, yeah, that's a like... That's a like I think that's a meme even about like you know you're you know you're aging out of video games where you just lower the settings or just like I just yeah. want a story mode. I just want to walk through the game and like I'll hit the bad guy and move on and like I just want yeah. the experience of playing Honestly, the game. Honestly. I'm uh, going to have to start bringing the difficulties down cuz I actually do lo- did love them games. But yeah. Well that's I think th- that's kind of like look it it sounds crap but like that's a little bit of the trade off. Like I definitely did that when I was younger was just like if I'm going to play the game I'm going to set it at the highest difficulty. And then I'll just get good enough to play at that level. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, like, if I set it at the lowest, then it's going to be harder when I set it up. I'll just set it, set it. And then if I want an easier experience, I can set it down a bit because I'm really good at playing it at the hardest level. And Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. Because then it's always annoying because my younger brother would play the games and he'd complete the hardest difficulty and be playing New Game Plus mm. where they, like, have all these restrictions to his stuff and I'll be watching him furious and I'll be trying to, like, rally him on. Like, anytime he dies, I'll be like, you're a trash, man. Like, <laughs> you're so bad. Even though I couldn't do half of what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's one of them ones where I also think if stand-up did go well and I did have the time, I would try do it a lot more. Play games? Yeah, just sit down and just Nah, you 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 Jimmy Carr. If stand up started going well, you'd just start doubling down on writing and do twice as many gigs. <laughs> Cuz you start you start bringing in Jimmy Carr money. Yeah. Um, oh man. Wait, what what big comics have you seen? Have you seen many big comedians live? Um I saw um I'm just trying to remember cuz I was like I did I, I saw Chappelle when he was in the 3 arena. Oh, when was this? Was this last year? Uh, probably. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. Um, or was it two years ago? No, this was before the pandemic. Um, oh, hold okay, on. Right. Um, Dave Chappelle, Dublin, with with John Stewart, and uh, uh, Rock. Wolf. What's her name? Michelle Wolf. Michelle Wolf. Um, Dave Chappelle, Dublin, John Stewart. I mean, that was okay. That was 2018. That was October 2018. Dave Chappelle, John Stewart, and Michelle Wolfe. Um, around the same time, I saw Louis C.K. out there. Um, wow. I saw John Mulaney in Dublin there at the start of the year. Yeah, um, his show was great. His show was amazing. Um, yeah. His show, I really like, I don't know, like, have you watched Mulaney's stuff? I, what, one of my favorite specials is Kid Gorgeous at Radio City. Yeah. I've rewatched it so many times. Yeah. I, was, I, I was that with the Comeback Kid. Um, such a great special. Um it was so good it was it was so good like i can watch that set now on netflix but i know what he did in dublin i know the first yeah. 20 minutes where he spent shitting on belfast I know. oh 
I think what's it called? Um, I was talking to Ali O'Rourke about this, and she was talking about how great it was because he wrote. He she said that he lived in Dublin for a while. He went to Trinity or something. I think so. It, he, it was. I feel like it was UCD, but he definitely did like a year in college here or two years in college here. Yeah. Was yeah. Was he talking about the GPO or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah. She said it was amazing. Um, that was crazy. Yeah. There was a moment where he said something about like. <sighs> I, I was doing the gig in Belfast and I was trying to make this joke work and I was talking to them and they weren't helping me and I tried to negotiate with them. You know what they're like. And it's like, you know what it's like negotiating with the <laughs> north of Ireland. It's like, it's such that's a like, so good. specific... That's genius. And it's like, well, that's not going in the special. But it's like, it, the stuff was great because we know he'd lived here and we know he'd yeah. had, had enough experience of what Dublin was. Like, he's told stories about, like, I think doing coke on the top of the 46A or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, Jesus um, Christ but so like much. it was lovely seeing him do that show and how relaxed he was and then there was there was one heckle in the whole show and it was right before he delivered like the closing line you know and if you've seen that special he just goes it's something like um, is it the intervention part yeah but it, it's at the it's, I think the last line he has in the sort of the set is oh you want to cancel John Mulaney I was going to kill him you know yeah, <laughs> and he's much. just getting to that and then somebody upstairs goes how much was the watch you bought and he was like <laughs> you, you see you see his eyes go looks to it and you could see, like he's such a pleasant chipper happy bouncy fella but also you just mm. saw the rage behind his eyes as you just stepped on the closer and yeah. he now had to like he answered the question kind of chastised the guy for heckling and then had to circle he had to like do an additional like five minutes to get us back to that energy yeah. so that he could finish out the bit and yeah. it was lovely seeing like it feels I, I don't know I feel slightly bad going my favorite part was when somebody fucked with him but it was lovely mm. seeing the guy deal with that and yeah. be so good at what he does that he was just able to like I'm gonna play this off I'm gonna address it and I'm going to pull some other material that lets me sort of pad out what I was doing to get me back to where I need to be so I can end the show on the high that I need to. And it's yeah. lovely to see. And I bet you he beat himself up so much for that because he probably came off stage and was like, this fucking watch, I shouldn't have wore, wore something <laughs> so flashy that would, that would distract the audience. Fucking hell. Like, nah, that's very, very funny. So is he the best person you've seen then live, best comedian live? Um... I think I'm going to say yeah, just because like the experience of it was amazing. Um, like he's he picks his theaters really well. He's like he loves yeah. a theater instead of a stadium, you know. And he'll play, as far as I know, he'll play ten nights in a the theater rather than do a stadium once. Oh, so know? where did you see him? The Olympia. Oh, I assumed it was just the three arena. No, oh, it's the Olympia, say. and it's like yeah. I haven't seen. Bert Kreischer or Tom Segura but they both played Dublin within like three months of each other and they both I think they both announced the Olympia and then once tickets sold out they said oh we're moving to the three arena in succession yeah. so it almost felt like they were just like fucking around to just go look how popular these people are yeah. like, but it's such a better experience in a like you know yourself stand up in like a big open room isn't as good as like when yeah. everyone's tight together and the ceiling's a little lower and like yeah in a stadium versus like a theater when all like you got all of those like balconies a little closer looking mm. down on them and like it's just it was great yeah because yeah. i even heard the vicar street is one of the best venues a lot of big comedians say they loved to. someone i was talking yesterday with ali and she said somebody a pretty big comedian said it was their third favorite venue. Cool. i think it was mark maron 
Oh, right. So there was his third, Vicar Street was his third favorite venue to play. Yeah. So that's like a big one. I'd actually love to see um, a couple shows. And, yeah. What's the, what's the favorite you've seen? Mine, I, the only three big comedians I'd seen was Chappelle last year, two years ago, okay. probably. Yeah, last year. Chappelle, um, Segura at the Three Arena, and um, Andrew Schultz just there like two months ago cool. at the Three Arena. I was just watching say, the clip of Andrew Schultz. From, like I, I have a folder of like funny shit I've saved off a of TikTok, and I just mm. saw the clip of him in armor the day after Smith hit Chris Rock. Oh yeah, and he's just he's just roasting Will Smith for like four minutes. Anyway, um, that's funny. how was that? The, um, they're all great, but I think the best one was Segura. Okay. I think he was the best act of the of the three of them. The rest, the, like Chappelle was good, was very good. Andrew Schultz was very good, but Segura. I don't know what I think it was because I I wasn't even a big Segura fan when I went into it. Yeah, it was just that um, what's his name? Do you know Parag McAuliffe? He's a Cork comedian. He's living in Limerick now. Okay, I don't know that I do. Yeah, he um, he was just at the show. He had a free ticket. He was like, "Do you want to come?" I was like, yeah. "Ah, okay, I'll come." He's he's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so I watched it. It was a great show. Cool. And I've been a big fan of his. So wait, who's your favorite comedian right now? Like working comic. Um. The person I am most enamored with at the moment is Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and I said this talking to Madeline as well, that, like, after that last special, I think it was, like, I think it was called Look At You. Um, mm. I watched it, and then I watched it again, and I sat there, and I went, okay, I've laughed. One, two, three, four, five. Punchline. One, two, yeah. three. And it was, like, every five or seven, like, it was, you could count the beats between laughs, and it was also very... Like, it was little laugh, little laugh, little laugh, big laugh, little laugh, yeah. little laugh. It was like, and she, her like her her wordplay was spot on. Her physicality was spot on. Her like act outs, her faces, like she just did a full range of like just facial expressions, physical action, word. Like it was, I love it. I think she's great. Yeah, she's a fantastic comedian. Mm-hmm. I, I one of my favorite specials actually her Quarter Life. Mm-hmm. Right, that was the first thing yeah. I ever watched from her, and I was like, that's so. And to be so young as well. Yeah. I was oh, I was gutted, like as much as I was really excited to go to Chicago. She announced she was playing the Sugar Club in Dublin a week after uh, flights. Now I think mm. that got moved to Vicker Street, but I was just yeah, like, I was gonna say, yeah. I think that got, but like in my head, it was like the Sugar Club. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, that would have been a great gig. Like it would have been bad for her fucking ticket sales, but like that would have been yeah. so class. Yeah, because I remember seeing when they announced that, and I was like, Sugar Club, I feel like she could play a bigger venue yeah, than yeah. that. But I, did that show ever happen? I swear, I, I can't remember. I think it happened in Vicker Street, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Oh. But, like, like, there's no backstage to the Sugar Club. She just has to walk up on stage yeah. and then see her up at the bar after. <laughs> That's so... You suggested that we talk about the movie The Santa Claus. Yeah. That was your suggestion. Santa the Santa Claus or Elf. And uh, you seem to have... Uh, looked at both fairly recently or thought about both fairly recently so yeah we, I've we, had them on my mind you've had them yeah. on your mind so yeah. um, I got through the Santa Claus on today um, I saw that in the cinema in 1994 or no five. way um, really yeah, it was it was wow. like I was so it was I was enwrapped it was magical I was a little child going it's the Santa Claus I, I loved it I loved it it was like one of my childhood Christmas movies yeah. Um, you had yet to be born. You were not yet a twinkle in your father's <laughs> eye. Um, yeah. Tell tell me about like what's your relationship with the Santa Claus? When did you see it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it a 
I don't know, family tradition. It's not even a, it's something I watched when I was like I don't even think I was that young. I might have been like eight, seven or eight when I started when I first watched it, and it's just one of the movies that I was just like addicted to. I just love the idea of it because mm. no one really talks about like has the idea of Sandra of oh if he dies somebody else has to take his spot. So I love that. I kind of love the. He gets like gradually fatter and fatter and fatter, and I kind of love the costume design and the idea of the elves. And I kind, I think I just like um, Christmas movies that kind of like subvert the usual, because usually it's just Santa's whatever. But I kind of like this guy having to take over the role, and he doesn't really want to do it, and then eventually gets. Same with like the elf movie. Yeah, I was just a big elf guy, and um, it's just movies that always make me feel like very nostalgic. Like yeah. there, there are very few movies that really get me like, oh man, I miss the good old days. But mm-hmm. those would be the only ones. And I love the sequels to Santa Claus as well. I thought yeah. they were very, very good. Yeah, the the first one, the first one's got that slightly grimmer, like mm. '90s aesthetic, and like people in suits, and like yeah. it's very, um, it's it is what it is, and it's got like, like he's making like pretty like, I don't know. There's jokes in it about like. You know, Veronica, very nice. You know, naughty and nice. You know, Charlie, naughty, <laughs> yeah. Stephen, nice. Veronica, very, and you know, like, you know, we'd like to thank George and his wife who isn't here today. That's why his secretary is sitting in his lap right now. Like, there's little like little um, jokes that like I don't know necessarily if they'd put those jokes in things, especially a kids' film yeah. um, today. Um, but by the time you've got the the sequels, they're very just like fun sweeter kids movies and like they built the extended Santa Claus universe now they have the TV series yeah. have you seen any of that stuff? <laughs> whole universe revived I remember once again I think one of the like, things I have that really stands out in my mind is I think it's the final time he's gonna go off um, he's gonna like go out and do I remember also the the reindeers were quite weirdly animated like they, they were a bit I think they had like very human-like facial features yeah. that I thought were kind of weird but funny at the same time. Um, but they move weird. But what's it called? I also love there's like this scene where they just had like shots that were like weird but they're also wholesome at the same time. Like a shot that always stood out to me was like he's about to go off on the sleigh um, from North Pole or yeah, North Pole, I think it's where it's based. Yeah. And this kid, like, runs over to him and gives him, like, something. I can't remember what it was. But I just remember it being such a... I don't know, it just stuck out to me so much because it was kind of, like, sweet. Like, it was just a way... It was something that I think you would see in a maybe more indie budget thing, but to have it in a big Hollywood movie of just a kid. Or even the another shot would be, like... I don't know what they were. It was, like, a radar or something in North Pole, and it, like, came out and it would, like, survey the land or something. Oh, okay. That's in the second one, I think, second where the, like one. the periscope comes up out of yeah, the ground. Yeah, like, there's like an airplane yeah. overboard, or there's people exploring the North Pole, and they're just like trying to keep people from finding Santa's workshop. Yeah, I really like shots like that. Like they were just like they just stuck with me for some reason. Well, it it's stuff like um uh like trying to like modernize Santa stuff a bit is kind of fun, you know, mm. like bringing yeah. real world technology or like concepts like periscopes and like the radar um the the team of elves that are like the SWAT team that swoop in to help him with the jetpacks. I like I wanted mm. an elf jetpack when I was 9 years old. I was like I want to fly around the place. Oh. Um I also thought it was hilarious how um, that first Santa died. 
like I thought that was the funniest thing on earth of just the idea of Santa Claus dying yeah. and he, he like slips off a roof or something. Yeah, it's falls n- off a roof and breaks his neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny to me. That is hilarious. I I mean I I had it on again today. Every time I see it, I just think. Yeah, these elves are your best friend, but also if you die, they'll welcome the next guy in without even missing a fucking beat. Because yeah. you just walk into the place and go, how's it going, Santa? And they don't even ask, hey, what happened to Steve that was Santa before you? <laughs> like, he just, just broke his neck and Obi-Wan Kenobi dissolved away, like, into nothing. <laughs> and don't give a shit. That no shit one gives a shit. Was... A thousand yeah. years of service, fell on his neck, never gets mentioned again. That's so funny. No loyalists. No, that would actually be a funny idea for the movie if there was like some sort of civil war between people not wanting to switch to the new guard. They're like, no, we want to be loyal to our Santa. That that's actually interesting. Yeah, like there's a political power struggle over. Yeah, I love the scene. Yeah, I also love the scene when um he's taken off on the off the roof i don't know if that's the later ones but i think right. it's the first one where he's taken off on the roof and he's like i don't know they had like some weird anime not animations but it, the I way mean, it looked yeah there was, there was like, like 90s attempted computer generated animation like yeah. they barely got toy story to work you know they they barely got plastic toys looking right and they mm-hmm. wanted to have fucking reindeer flying around so there's definitely some ropey shots in it yeah um but I think also, adds, hmm? sorry go ahead I just thought I was just gonna say I think it adds to it so much more like, yeah. compared to stuff today. What were you gonna say? I, I was gonna say that like it's it's still magical. I like yeah. it's like me being as saccharine and sincere about this as I possibly can be. It's like when the when he and the kid are out and they the body disappears and they step back and they see the the reindeer on the roof and the music starts to go and it's like oh it's so. Like the score is great. It's like yeah. really, I don't know. It's Christmassy. It, it is the yeah. little like jingle bells to it, or the like actual bells rattling in the background. It's nice. Yeah, it's mm. it's a yeah, that's actually one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes. Well, I, I love that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. But one of the things that actually surprised me the most though was then you know becoming a stand up years down the line and finding out that Tim Allen used to be a stand-up comedian as well. That was like, what? Like, So one of the facts about this movie is Mm -hmm. this movie is the height of Tim Allen's career. Are you aware of that? Are really? Simply from the standpoint of he had the number one book on the New York Times bestseller that week. Uh, Home Improvement was the number one TV show and uh, The Santa Claus was the number one film in the same week. That is crazy. This is peak Tim Allen. Yeah, that, do you think that's happened for anybody else where they would have a top TV show, top TV, top book, and top movie all in the same week? I don't know. I don't know, yeah. but I love that. I love that I have that piece of trivia for you. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm just gonna say it's only happened for Tim. Only happened for Tim. Yeah, because I didn't even know he was a stand-up until Netflix released like a bunch of weird like mini sets of his. Some of them I think were like 15 minutes long. Okay. I was yeah, going, that was going to be my question. Was like, have you ever? Se- I've never seen any Tim Allen stand up. Is it? I, th- I bet that like a home improvement guy is in there. That ho ho ho, that, that grunty <laughs> like man character he's got. I think I watched maybe three, four minutes, but I thought it was very dated. Right. Like I thought it was very, very dated in the sense that I wouldn't find a funny mm-hmm. book because the crowd's cheering, laughing. I don't really have context of what it would have been like at the time. I don't know if he would have gone away with the same comedy 
today. Mm. But at the time, they all look. But isn't he? Didn't he get trouble for stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he got arrested with a pound of cocaine coming in over a border. Damn. Um, and I think somebody said I could be I could be wrong about this. He got a like. When people really want to shit on um, Tim Allen as well, they point on the fact that like the reason he didn't do as much jail time was he immediately turned on everyone he could oh, to, he to get off. He, he, as far as I know, yeah, he um, he just sold anyone and everyone out he could to get out of jail. Um, sentenced to two years and four months in federal prison. That's, that's oh, he actually thing. went. Oh, he did less time, but he actually went to prison for it. Um, let's let's learn. Let's learn together. I'm gonna find out. I learned to That's show so odd to me though that he so so wait, but he's cancelled, right? Is he? Because I don't see him in stuff. I don't see him in stuff. Does he still work? See, cancelling is such a like. I don't think he's cancelled. I think he just. Well, mm. If he is cancelled, I don't know what for. I do yeah. know that um, I watched. I tried to watch the Santa Claus series just because, like, I love the movie. Let's see mm. what this is. And in the first episode, there were so many, like, attempted jokes about diversity and pronouns that I was just yeah. like, is this what this show is? What? Yeah. Who, who are you aiming this at? Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's me. Like, being reductive, it's like, this feels like it's aimed at Trump's voters. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just, I kind of bailed on it after that. Because yeah. um, to me, the reason I'm asking is to me, it's a bit odd for me with him because I don't see him in any other stuff or anything. And then I saw that he got in a bit of trouble, or whatever. But I always thought if you're a movie star and you got in trouble, you just go back to stand up. Like, mm. you're, I don't think you can get cancelled from stand up necessarily. Like, even like Louis C.K., he's still touring. Not even, even yeah. if it's not as big as the scope as it was before, he's still probably making millions a year just off stand up. So. Yeah, I would reckon, and I'm just, um, so, like, I think the thing is that he's, like, a real middle-of-the-road 90s white guy comic that had Mm. a sitcom in the 90s that was huge. If I had to guess, and I'm just going to talk some shit here, um, he was probably in the era when sitcoms were syndicating like crazy, which means every time it airs to this date, you're getting lots and lots of money. So yeah. he's not hurting for money. So I don't think he's scrambling to make things that he doesn't want to make. He then had that show called Last Man Standing, which played on like, I think, let's see how many seasons that got. But that was basically the same thing again. You know, it's just like, I'm, uh, I'm the only type of like real man, man uh, uh, going. Uh, this says 2011 to 2021. So did this wow. run for 10 seasons and nobody fucking knows about it? Um. So when you say you don't hear about him, it's like, I guess he... Nine seasons. Wow. And he was hosting it. it it's a sitcom. Oh. It's a sitcom. So he made nine seasons of a sitcom. He's fine. He's yeah. he's doing exactly what he's always done. Sitcoms yeah. and movies. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's in Galaxy Quest as well, if you're looking for some classic Tim Allen content. Did you ever see Galaxy <laughs> Quest? No. No. Um... Can I recommend Galaxy Quest to somebody? I, I assume Star Trek. Do you watch Star Trek? I know of Star Trek. Yeah, you see, this is the thing. Galaxy Quest is a brilliant spoof of mm. Star Trek. And uh-huh. if you've watched Star Trek, Galaxy Quest is such a perfect, fun spoof of it. Now, if mm. you go watch Galaxy Quest now, it's a fun sci-fi movie, and it's funny. But 
do you get do you quite get as much from it as like knowing that like Tim Allen is basically playing William Shatner this over the hill yeah. sci-fi actor that really takes himself too seriously and you know Alan Rickman's in it basically being Leonard Nimoy this sort of overly serious theatrical Shakespearean guy that's kind of annoyed he's in a sci-fi like so like it's very like kind of you know taking the piss out of Star Trek yeah and it's it's great it's a fun sci-fi movie um I recommend it I think it does work on its own um, but yeah. it does have this other level once you have a little bit of Star Trek knowledge in it that like yeah. you know it's even because it's a late 90s thing before like nerd stuff really took off in a big way like it's it's presenting like comic cons and nerds in like really taking the piss out of them because that was <laughs> like you could be a nerd but you knew you were the butt of the joke in the 90s you know yeah um, now you go into every fucking shop and from pennies to brown thomas and you can buy some marvel content you know yeah <laughs> um, really has taken off in a big way yeah it's oh, interesting though tim allen that's interesting um is there anything else you want to say about the santa claus other santa than you love claus. it um probably not i think mm. nah not not really you feel you covered it yeah i, I just kind of i just love the movie yeah I El- love it. elf is there as well Elf yeah. is the one. Elf is another big one. I, I the scene with me is I think this I'm pretty sure this is Elf. Isn't there a scene with chewing gum where he like takes chewing gum from under the that to me has always been one of the most disgusting things I've ever yeah. seen in a show. Like that's gross. Disgusting and hilarious. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, they actually do make it look tasty. Do you think <laughs> no. it looks somewhat appetizing? No. Like <laughs> I mean, if you're starved for chewing gum, I guess. Um, uh, so Elf is just celebrating its twentieth anniversary, so they're, oh, like, they're re-releasing it into the cinemas now. So, oh really? Um, for yeah, I think it's in cinemas for Christmas, or at least oh, there's some go. screenings. Yeah, um, for a twentieth anniversary. Um, I didn't see it when it was in the cinema. Um, it's John Favreau is the director I don't know if you know that oh yeah he's the guy who directed Iron Man that's it, it yeah and he's he's in Iron Man too is he a happy guy he's happy, he happy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Favreau Favreau made Swingers and um, Zathura and Elf and he kind of established himself as somebody who was like good at business a good communicator an effective director a writer that understood his properties and made solid films yeah, with good heart in them. And then he made Iron Man and collaborated with the Marvel Universe and became very, uh, like, um, instrumental in making that a solid universe. Somebody who, it's not just a business investment. We're not just making a movie. I care about the property. I need it to be this way because I need it to be good. Yeah. And... Yeah that's what Marvel has had up until recently is the idea that between Kevin Feige and Favreau people there were at least some people with a hand on a wheel steering a ship to make it good Favreau's the guy behind Mandalorian as well Oh yeah, um, and like was well, he a stand-up comedian as well before he started directing? I'm going to oh. double check that now because um, that would be interesting yeah um, I, I don't know if he was a prominent one, but I think he might have dabbled. Don't understand up. 
Maybe he dabbled, but I don't see him. I don't see an immediate link. Uh, um, so how did he get into all, all that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I've, I'd, I'd love to be able to answer you, but <laughs> I, I feel like... Um, hold on. Pamphrotin had caused an before the server focus, but he dropped out and found he served as a talk he was served as a talk show host on independent film channel before deciding to move to Chicago and try his hand at comedy in nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Uh, is, does uh, that would that mean stand up though Because I feel like I'd seen him in a documentary for something. Maybe yeah. a comedy store documentary. Right. Um well, I'm not sure. Chicago's long been known for its rich history of improv. Second oh, city. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's high chance he just did that. Mm. Just there after that. Um, I, mean, I kind of love his job. I'd love a job like his where it's just um, mogul. He's what's the word for it? Malt? Oh, what do you say? <laughs> I said mogul. Like that guy's yeah. minted at this point. Yeah, he's mm. more like what do they say? Is it multi-hyphenates? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, where he's kind of just in like different things, whatever he feels like doing. Yeah, I think that like the multi-hyphenate thing is a is a bit of a trap as well because like yeah. you know if I think you have to get like really fucking good at one thing. Yeah. And like I'm a guy that is not doing that. Um, I'm like oh, I'm gosh. fucking drawn and try and stand up and try and improv and try and I'm just doing fucking anything and everything that I enjoy. Um, but like getting really good and really successful at one thing, like. I don't think Favreau has. I don't think he has the. Well, no, I'm t- I'm talking shit because Swingers. I think he directed and wrote and starred in the fucking thing. So yeah, he's a multi hyphenate. I just I've just met so many people who are like, I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm a producer, I'm a stand up, I'm yeah. a musician, I'm a I'm a this and the other. I can do whatever you need me to do. And it's like, okay, can you do any of them well? Like, <laughs> like I know I say I'm all those things. It's like, can I do anything well? Yeah, I got to be. I got to be. But like, yeah, I don't know. Elf is great. Will Ferrell's amazing. Uh, I was just talking to somebody about Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, I don't know if you ever watched any of those Kevin Smith movies, but Will Ferrell is in that movie. But it's like before he was, you know, really globally famous. He's just playing this weird park ranger character, uh. and it took a minute before I went, "Hey, that's Will Ferrell." You know, like it took a few years <laughs> yeah. later after like Anchorman and stuff to look back and go, "Oh shit!" I was just gonna say it's crazy. It's come up. Yeah, and it's like it can be funny as well because they didn't up until recently air SNL here so like once they start airing SNL and you start realizing how many of the like comedy movie actors we see on TV are pipelined straight out of SNL into their careers yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next. Actually, do you have any goals to? Would you like to be a part of SNL in the future, or would I like to be a part of SNL in the future? Um, <laughs> yes, so, um, yeah. but like I, I'm not like I'm not in the comedy circuits that SNL draws from. You know, like if you want to be on SNL, go and do a shit ton of improv, build a reputation in mm. LA and Chicago, so that people. Like the the people that audition SNL, as far as I understand it, like they send scouts to, you know, like oh this guy's pretty good in Second City, and they go and they see people a couple of times, and then they go, we want you to come to to New York to audition, you know, like it, I don't know, 
I don't have any evidence or stories that I know of where people are just like, oh yeah, he was a he was an open mic comic in Dublin, and uh, they invited no, him to New York. There's this thing though. Have you ever heard of the Just for Laughs festival? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Canada, so right? they yeah they do a thing called New Faces. Right. And have you heard of New Faces? Yeah. Yeah, so that's I think that's how they get a lot of the stand-up people from it because oh, cool. I know oh, um, full of shit. Yeah, I know that a lot of the like their last cast was Marcelo Hernandez and Michael Longfellow who were just joined the cast and they would have just right. done I know Marcelo did just for laughs festival last year and then got no the year maybe two years ago and then got cast immediately after same on Pete Davidson um so like that's I think that's the main way if you're like a stand up and you wanted to like right. even Shane Gillis got cancelled from it did hmm. New Faces twenty nineteen then was cast from it straight away. Um, okay. So that's uh, that'd be a big one. That's kind of one I'd love to do down the line. Just to... so is that is that like is that your goal? Well, I say that your goal, but like in your head, is it like I'm going to go and I'm going to do new faces, mm. and I'm going to talk about SNL? I don't know if I don't know if they would. I don't really know how you would go because so like for they for new faces, they have a documentary on it on Amazon Prime that's actually really good. Um, and they say that the audience for New Faces is about 400 people, and it's 200 industry, 200 normal audience mm. members. But I don't know. I I think they would approach the comedian. I don't know if you could be like, "Hey, I want to be on SNL," and they would come to you. Um, yeah, well, I don't I know. Mean, I was reading. I mean, I sorry. I mean, I feel like. Oh, I'm could. talking shit. I'm just making stuff up. I was about to say like, I I I bet I don't think there's a situation where Shane Gillis wasn't like oh I'd love to do SNL on that podcast somewhere and he's doing yeah. sketch stuff and he's doing all the things that let people True. know that yeah. he's kind of open to that idea yeah because even what's it called I was going to say um, yeah in the show what's it called oh no yeah because even though yeah it probably could be a case where you could even ask after you've done the showcase because Kevin Hart in his book talks about how just for Laughs New Faces was his big break that really set him up and he said he did it and then he got to audition for SNL afterwards mm. and he didn't get it but that someone else who did the showcase got as well but it seems to be quite of a but it's a very long process mm. to get into the New Faces like I think you have to audition then audition like two more times after that before you can yeah. get through but it's not a competition type thing like the guy in the TV show there's a guy who auditioned for New Faces like 10 times right? and eventually got but I think there was an audition when I was in um, I think the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago was doing an audition for Just for Laughs or something when I was yeah. there I can't remember what it was but I was just like I was talking to something at somebody else and they went hey this audition thing's happening here if you want to come for the hang like just like uh-huh. I didn't end up going I went to something else and the like because I, I probably should have gone. It would have been a better, like, networking thing to get to know people. But I just went to do a set instead somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, like somebody made a crack about, like, everybody everybody who doesn't have an audition for Just Laughs, Just for Laughs is here doing a set. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they were, funny. Yeah, yeah. They were throwing a little shade on. But, but, like, throw as much shade as you want, motherfucker. But you didn't get an invite to audition. So you're just angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Either, yeah. yeah. Um. I've also yeah, so the just for laughing faces would be a big one for me to try to. I'm thinking five, six, seven years down the line, yeah. like that would yeah. be a good ways off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, or also just 
just work your ass off and keep fucking like if you see the audition happening fucking go for it man yeah. you know like there's also an element of like go for it have them say you're not ready yet go for it the next year have them say you're not ready yet mm. you know like I, I know enough people like I know people is like oh I want to start an animation studio but I'm not ready yet so I'll, I'll, I'll maybe think about it in five years and it's like I don't think that's how it works dude I don't think you're yeah. ever ready for it like, like I have point. one person in my mind who said that and I have one person in my mind who started an animation studio and it's five years later and he has a five-year-old studio that's doing work and the other guy does not have a studio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the yeah, first five years so. were hell, but, like, it's, you know, it's going to be five years of hell for the guy that starts five years later. You know what I mean? True, yeah. But I also want to ask you, would you, did you, so when you were in Chicago, did you ever consider, like, just staying there for stand-up instead of coming back? Um, uh, no. Uh, like, I, I have no, I have no uh, pathway to stay there legally. Like, once you're over 35, getting a visa for America is near impossible. Are you? Um, yeah. It's, you can go over now. That's another thing I always fucking, the minute I'm talking to somebody who's under 35, who has aspirations for either art or animation or performance, if you want to go to America, get that fucking J-1 visa or get the, like, visitor visas or whatever the hell lets you go over there. And go over and use as much of it as you possibly can. And... Oh. Like, if you can do it for a year, if you can do it for two years, whether it's Canada or America or whatever, because I don't know what the logic is. I think it's a degree of, like, once you're over 35 and you don't have, like, a fucking job or a wife and kid, you're just going to be a drain on our health care. You know what I mean? It's like, we want you in your prime working spending being, a like, a contributor to society person. Over 35, you're just like, this is going to just go downhill pretty quickly. Like that I got bad knees funny. and a bad back. They just don't want me on their health care. Um, that is very. That's a bit. That is a bit. That's very it's a, funny. It's it's a it's a, it's a, it's a bit of, it's it's a bit of the <laughs> tears of my late adulthood. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, if you have aspirations to go over there, like get the J one or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. There mm. is a working visa, I'm sure, for yeah. um, you know, x amount of time. Uh, go work and do stand up. Work and do stand up. Work and do stand up. I'd love to do it. Um, I got a, I think it's a B two visa or something like that, and it's kind of a business visa or an mm. extended stay thing. So what I have at the moment is, uh, I it's a ten year visa, which means that I can go and be in the country for six months at a time. Every year. Every year for six months. Yeah, I can wow. go and do that. Uh, apparently I'm I, it still sounds so good to be true I think it could be wrong do you know what I mean mm, yeah um, I get so there's a there's a agreement there's a there's a holiday visa thing that is like 90 days so you can always go over for 90 days but you can't work is the thing uh, and that's the fucking catch of it I can go over six months I can't work and if I start uh, working then they'll take that away from me what's the what's the Mental, like what's the point of not letting the person work um, is it that they would want to stay they, they kind of don't want you sneaking off and staying like I had yeah. I had, like I had friends there that would just like just drive Uber and stay nobody's going to ask any fucking questions and it's like that's a lovely idea except if I do it and it goes wrong I will never ever get back into this fucking country yeah. so I would rather just colour within the lines and come back there's part of me that's like if I can make it work like Chicago's cool, but six months of the year it's under snow. 
Mm. You know, so I can come back for the non-snow bits and then come yeah. home to Ireland for the winter. Like, that's not a yeah. terrible situation either. I just need to make enough money during the non during the snow bits to cover going back over there. Yeah, and is Chicago not somewhat sketchy? Is that not- no, I mean, not really. Uh, like... Like, as much as there's bad parts of Dublin, there's bad parts of Chicago, you know? It it has a reputation, but, like, everywhere's got a reputation if you really want to paint the bad side of it. Yeah. You know, like, don't go to the, don't go to the sketchy spots. Yeah, because I know the main spot people always chat about is, like, I think it's called O-Block. It's right. the part that people always say that's, like, a very dangerous, murdery part of Chicago. I think it's in the state. But, yeah. I don't know, man. I can't. I'm very, like, I mean, John Spillane's probably the guy to talk to about Chicago as well, because I know he yeah. started there. Yeah, and I, I think, think Mike Rice was there for a bit John, as well. Like, that was, that was as much a door opener as anything else when I went oh, there. Really? It was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Dublin, and immediately it was like, do you know John Spillane or Mike Rice? And I was like, yes. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've met Mike Rice, and I know Spillane a bit, you know what I mean? But, like, mm. if they ask, I'm like, yes, yes, I do. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh, I mean, they're it. still they're still well regarded over there. Yeah, they made a, they made a, a good mark, and they oh, are well liked. Yeah, it's always crazy you think though the the impact well, they must have been killing there as well mm-hmm. to still be remembered. Like because I think they that would have been eight years ago they would have yeah. been there to so still be remembered. They're also like, good fun. Like there's there's the yeah. social aspect of that as well. It's just like after the gig getting drunk. Like I'm I'm not that guy which is like part of the problem with it. It takes me so long. Like you've seen me around Dublin. Like I'm not hanging in the bar long after whatever. It takes me yeah. so long to get to know people. You know yeah, like I, I definitely so. should have been like oh I did a set here. I should just stay in the bar now and drink and talk to these people. But I just get in my fucking head and can't just make small talk with strangers. And I just go, okay, I'm going to go on. Like, like where I'm pretty sure Spillane and Mike Rice were just like, we're drinking, let's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I getcha. I getcha. One of my favorite gigs there was a, a place called Power Hour. And it was in the basement of a veterans hall. And, like, it was, like, $2 beers. And there was, like, a snake... What would you call it? There was a snake in the corner. There were a couple of snakes, and they would feed these things mice. And, really? Yeah. And um, there was, like, a jam band playing. So you'd have, like, bass, drum, and guitar, like, playing while you're doing stand-up. And, like, mm. if you're going well, they're playing stuff that supports you. If it's a shit joke, you'll get, like, a bum or, like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and the whole place is comics. You're just having a... It's just a heckle. It's just... Your entire set is, like... Like, wow. just... If you get if I don't know if your material's good, you get your material out. If your material's wobbly, you spend your entire time fighting with the other comics about your material, and oh. it was is a good laugh. It was really a good laugh if you're able to just talk shit with folk. Yeah, um, how long were the sets? Four minutes uniformly four minutes. anywhere you would go. Open mic sets four minutes, um, wow. which was like oh everything in Dublin's a five minute cool four is easy four is yeah. fine and um, it it feels very quick. But um, everything was a four minute. Um, yeah. If you actually got booked sets again, you, you get to know the promoters that are running the like. Get talking to people, tell them where you're from and stuff. And like, especially if you if you go over like, it's like, oh, I'm from Ireland and I've been doing this that, and the other. Like, you'll pretty quickly get someone go, oh yeah, keep in touch and I'll get you on wherever. And then you do like some of the like, whatever. Like I'm talking like I'm on authority, but I was there for fucking 
16 weeks like I'm not an authority I had some fun um, but like I should have done way more of saying hey can I get on this show can I get on this show can I get on this show but I was just trying to get reps in more than anything else you know yeah yeah. and did you see any or gig with any bigger comics that would any of them stop by and do spots or um, within that community yeah nobody that I particularly knew you know there was some local stuff but like nobody that I particularly knew um, yeah I, I wish I could even now I'm like oh fuck I did go to see somebody who's playing like a basement near where I lived and like yeah. this I can't remember the fucker's name it, I, it was like a full hour set and the guy was great um, fuck I'll have to double check that um, yeah. it, like it was definitely a name I recognised you know from like yeah. podcasts and shit um, and it was a great set um, but I was just even like I was staying the the music the comedy the food the like the culture of the city like that sort of stuff was class the people are lovely and yeah. um, it's a multicultural yes yeah. yeah i mean like i wasn't it it shows my ignorance that in my head in america and like I'm, i'll show you my ignorance like i know that there's a large latin community mexico california texas um florida i didn't think about the northerly most point of the country as having a massive Latino community and oh. like the area I was in was like all the shops were in Spanish oh, wow. I was like oh cool okay like I'm going to a panateria in the morning to get fucking pastries like this class <laughs> and like you could like, if I if I had had Spanish I could have spoken Spanish in the area I was in yeah um, but um, yeah it's, it's like it's pretty diverse I guess um, but there's like a real lively arts community and like I was going to say like this gig was like somebody's basement like it's it's run like it's got a doorman taking tickets like it's got like I looked around at one point and I was like obviously this guy's a sound engineer because like the mics are set up perfectly around the room their speakers are set up beautifully there's like five cameras catching this show from different angles patching into a board and this is somebody's house upstairs like when people want to use the bathroom they're just going up into their house oh wow (laughs) there was a band playing in the basement and if you can imagine a full band playing in a basement if that happened in Ireland you'd be deaf You'd, yeah. It would be just noise, but it was perfect. It was like just the right levels of volumes. It was just sweet, sweet music, and like the stand-up was like, I'm I'm obsessed over the way this guy had his sound la- sound design worked. You know, it was perfect. Mm, and, yeah, sounds unreal. Sounds like yeah. a vibe in the basement as it well. It was cool. It was really fucking cool. Well, how many people were was it taken in? How many people were there? Um, I would say there were easily forty people in that basement. Wow. Yeah, that definitely sounds like an unreal gig. 25 to 40 let's say there somewhere in there yeah um, sounds unreal it was class um, I have talked your ear off about Chicago you have <laughs> you have told me about your love of Elf and uh, the Santa Claus is there anything you want to plug if there's listeners that want to find you where can they find you what would you tell them to go to do um, you can follow me on Instagram at SU Comedy SU Comedy and I stream live on Twitch I'll actually be streaming after this um, and I'll plug when I'm streaming on my Instagram and I'll just watch random videos, music, um, crazy things. Yeah. I'll be cool. here, traders. Yeah. So, what's uh, your at SU comedy on Instagram and on Twitch? Yep. You are SU comedy? I'm just, uh, and I'm just Sean Uyosa. Just Sean Uyosa. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, when I promote this on our Insta as well, I'll throw. But be sure to throw a link to your Twitch and your handle up in, in the thing as well. Thank Thanks you so much, much for joining us. No bother. Bye. See you, Aiden. See you.